Alrighty, welcome to Outrageously Unnecessary, a show all about the uh, terrible and awful things that people have done with their money throughout the ages. And not just any people, rich people. Wow, I really fucked up that intro. <laughs> Hi, I'm your host, Haley. <sighs> and over there is my co-host, Steven. Hello, Gilda Gang. And trust me, what a that's a perfect way to start this episode. It really is. Honestly. <laughs> I'm not even complaining. <laughs> oh no, it's been a month and I forgot how to be a podcaster. <laughs> uh, I don't think you for- I wouldn't say you forgot how to be a podcaster. You just botch the opening but it's fine i just botched the opening and are we gonna redo that we could but we're not we could but at this point (laughs) the gilded game is just like ah they're back home sweet home (laughs) home sweet home the loves of my life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there with technical difficulties the podcast oh man so Haley, how are you I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing nice and dandy. How are you? I think that's the most important question, considering that you've been deathly ill since, like, February. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot more super swell than I used to be, for sure. Um, kind of. You sound significantly more upbeat. Well, you know, it's it's amazing. It's, it's you know, it's amazing where we've come as, as, as far as, like, just medicine is concerned. And, like, honestly, like respectful to both sides of the line first you know you know people who believe in medicine people who don't respect to both but honestly there are days i'm like how did people survive without medicine deeply a? grateful that i was not born before 1950 yeah like for, deeply grateful for sure <laughs> for sure i love modern medicine and the idea of like civil war era just like mm, you got ghosts in your bones like no absolutely not here here take these leeches see they'll get them right out see <laughs> why are they from the 20s <laughs> um, but, but, but like any woman just being diagnosed with hysteria being sent actually the one thing that i do wish that we as a society did the way that they did in the 1800s was just if you were too stressed you got sent to the beach for a month like you were just gonna send you away to nature for a while so that way you can just decompress and relax and and de-stress and it's like oh for my nerves i'm going for my nerves i'm gonna do that (laughs) (laughs) doctor's orders i gotta go to cabo (laughs) doctor's orders uh yeah Mm -hmm. but no as far as modern medicine you know so tying it back into me um you know uh, long story short, uh, I've got moderate asthma, uh, which is kind of like in the middle of the road. There's like, um, you know, daily just run-of-the-mill asthma. And then there's the mi- the middle road, which is me. And then there's like asthma that makes you have to stay indoors for the rest of your life. Thankfully, I don't have that. Um, so I, I did some lung testing. I, I, I should get, you know, the results of that Wednesday, uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, which is really just going to confirm the asthma diagnosis. And, you know, they have medicine now that it's one pill twice a day. And even, and I, I've been taking that for a month now. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's been a month since um, I first saw the pulmonologist and it's leaps and bounds different. Like I can breathe. I'm not having to use my inhaler eight times a day, which when I told my pulmonologist that, I thought he was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> um, just dead, like, wait, what did you, yeah. it just came out of your mouth? Yeah, abs- no. yeah. No. He's, he's like, he's like, you use it how many times a day? how are you not dead yeah (laughs) so uh yeah so i've i think in the last 20 days i've had to use my 
rescue inhaler five times. Like that's really good. So, so yeah, that's so good. I Gilda know. Gang. Gilda Gang, give a round of applause that Stephen's not dead, and give a thanks for modern medicine. Yay! Thanks for modern medicine. Yay! So, so as celebration of the fact that you are back and you are healthy, uh, and the fact that I went last time, uh, you go first, my friend. Well, thank you very much, Haley. Oh, God. Nixon? No. Reagan? Reagan. No! Reagan! No! <laughs> Great Owl of Bohemia, we oh, thank so thee for thy adjuration. Well should we know our living flame of fellowship can see the grasping claws of care. Throttle his impious screams and send his cowering carcass from this grove. Be gone, detested care, be gone. Once again, midsummer sets us free okay not reagan <laughs> and that Haley, is the introductory recitation of the members of this very very secretive group uh, known as the bohemian grove the bohemian Gro i've literally never heard of them before but they sound like a wonderful secret society cult so who is this Bohemian Grove? Everyone is asking. So the Bohemian Grove is, let me get there. Shrouded in secrecy. This exclusive all male club has counted presidents, industrialists, authors, and actors among its ranks. Though members of the club are not necessarily encouraged to work while they're at the Bahamian Grove, the annual summer meeting has produced various political compromises, as well as a crucial discussion concerning the Manhattan Project. Anyone? Anyone? So let's go. Excuse? Ex what? So let's go for a small little deep dive. The Bahamian Grove. Small one. The Bahamian Grove is a gathering spot for the nation's powerhouse players. It uh, began in 1872. A group of San Francisco artists, lawyers, and journalists began to gather in the California Redwoods to indulge in their shared love of the arts. But as membership decided to expand uh, over the next uh, course of several years, the Bahamian Grove became more of an elitist institution. Um, having been uh, bought up 2,700 acres of Redwood Forest for the Bohemian Grove campground, the wealthy members uh, decided to rec recruit artisans to help boost their Bohemian, quote-unquote, credentials. Uh, members such as Mark Twain became a member. Even uh, socialist writer Jack London was also part of the Bohemian Club. Uh, money proved to be the key factor in several and eventually most all of their members, uh, as uh, all of the members today are incredibly wealthy and incredibly influential people, and only men are allowed to join. So, 
that set the stage, Haley. No, that's a bunch of sexist bastards. No, I don't like that. G- give me your initial thoughts. So that that's that's the sage setting. Okay, okay. So we've got we've got a secret campground. Mm-hmm. We've got a bunch of wealthy, influential people who perhaps worked on the Manhattan Project. They're not supposed to be working, but are sometimes working. And then, uh, I'm, they're all men. That's some hot goddamn garbage if I ever heard it. Like, mm-hmm. there can be horrible rich women as well. Come on, equality. Um, I'm deeply intrigued. What the fuck is the point of it? Like, what are their... I don't, I don't understand the point. How did it come about? Okay, please continue. So past members and guests have included Ronald Reagan, Richard Nixon, Carl Rove. Oh, I was right with Reagan. You okay, were. Never. <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt, Walter Cronkite, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Barry Goldwater, Colin Powell, and Nelson Rock- Rockefeller. Also, there is a list. Let me find my list here. do, 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 do. Uh, it's rumored that the Bush family is also part of this particular ensemble of wealthy men, shall we say. Doesn't shock me. Yep. So, the point. There are, and this is where some of like the, like the wealth factors in. The membership guidelines don't explicitly require a seven-figure bank account, but the initial fee to join is $25,000. Garbage. Absolute garbage. Pay us money to join this club that I still don't know what the point of it is. Why are people joining? Plus yearly fees. Oh, that's how they get you. So new members have to be recommended by the current ones. And uh, as of now, or excuse me, I should say as of 1989, there is a wait list to actually join this club. Guess how long the wait list is? A few years at least, which is also some hot garbage. Like, 33 I, years. Ooh. 33. No. Yes. 30, as of night. No. As of night. Most of these old white men are going to be dead by the time that they're allowed to become members. Is there? Is it like only a hundred men are allowed to be members at a time? So they're literally waiting for others to die. <laughs> I would assume so. And I would assume that, um, they're constantly bringing, you know, all these older, you know, wealthy elite white men are bringing in people that they know and and maybe shoehorning in some that don't have to be on the wait list. I'm not really sure, but uh, that third that thirty ish years, um, it it will. Some sources say, oh, and I forgot to say that this uh, my source my sources tonight are uh, by an article published by Katie Serena uh, of ATI on uh, all that's interesting dot com. And then my second uh, article tonight is uh, going to be at uh, grunge.com. But anyways, yes, 20 to 30 years is like between a couple different sources. Pretty accurate as far as the wait list. That is so stupid. That's so stupid. Okay, please continue. So, please continue. I'm, I'm way too invested. So the article uh, continues. says, so... What exactly happens at the Bohemian Grove? Question mark. Well, I'm so glad you asked, Haley. So inside the real Bohemian Grove, honestly, a former guest said that it's just a place where a bunch of wealthy elite guys go to be drunk knuckleheads. The override. Yeah, why would you pay twenty five thousand dollars for that? The, I, I I I know I know. 
The overriding agenda is to get so wasted every day that any reasonable person would immediately call 911 to get help. <laughs> I'm a fan of uh, the, one of these former members who who's just dunking on them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, he continues, he said, it's very rustic. There are scores of camps, in quotes, within the Grove, each with about 20 to 50 people. Uh, each camp is unique and has a different cabin or clubhouse. And they're all offshoots along the main dirt road that go through this particular grove. Um, it's Boy Scouts for adult dumbasses. Pretty much. It, it's pretty close. Um, they burn firewood to stay warm. Excuse me, I'm going to cough for a second. <coughs> like, this this sounds very much so like something that Teddy Roosevelt would have started as, like, let's go be men, being men, get drunk, and be in the woods amongst nature. And then it got perverted. Like, I'm just feeling that it got horribly perverted from what Teddy would have wanted. Mm. Not that Teddy is the founder of this, but I just you mentioned he was in it, and that feels like that was probably initial goal. I don't see him as being part of something stupid. Right. Um well, uh, eventually, so uh, an, another kind of key factor in it, going back to the business deal sort of thing, eventually a motto was adopted. Um, definitely later, like past the the Manhattan Project and you know past all that sort of thing, um, but they have a motto at this at the Grove, and it's "Weaving spiders come not here," which is essentially means that no matter who you are, who you meet, what your agenda is in the real world, don't make any deals here at camp. That's not what we're. That's not what we're about. That's almost certainly not followed. That ha <laughs> right. And the article continues, and he's and they're like that rule was followed, sort of. No, no. Um. So continuing on to what happens here within the grove, um, at the very beginning. So the the uh, the the poem or passage that I read, the recitation, as it were, um, there is a kind of a, an opening ceremonial ritual that takes place. And it is a ritual. And because this club has been so secretive, um, not many people from the outside have been able to go in. There's been a lot of theories, rumors, Illuminati this, um, secret society that, cult that, you know, demon worshiping cult that has, you know, obviously been been heavily saturated with people who are familiar with the grove and have heard about some of these rituals. Well, this initial in, a, initial ritual, initial ritual, initial ritual uh, is where they have a wooden skeleton whose name is Care C A R E. I like that it's named. And Care is essentially a an effigy or and also a representation of all their outside cares, burdens, and worries that they vicariously place along the skeleton, put it inside of a wooden coffin, and then burn it. How many cares have died? <laughs> it feels like a lot of cares have died. A lot of cares over the years. A lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is also... Um, various theatrical performances, um, two types. Um, the first is called the low jinx, like hijinks. And there's a low jinx, which is just like lowbrow humor, cross-dressing, uh, yeah, cross-dressing, um, and a lot of just, just stupid bullshit. Uh, but the hijinks are more sophisticated plays. Shakespeare, uh, Marlowe, very, very high-end, um, comedy, high-end drama. Um, this is just summer camp for rich people. Um, some of these plays cost upwards of seventy-five to a hundred thousand dollars 
per performance. Just to produce, uh, just to produce these. Okay, okay, hold on. What I need to know is: Are these performances being mm -hmm. done by the campers? Yes, and no. Okay. Because if you're putting that much money into it, I. I don't want it to be like, oh, we're gonna go see, we're gonna go see Nelson Rockefeller do his best impression of like so and so up on stage, and he paid seventy five thousand dollars for all of us to watch him. No, so um, the article actually, uh, I read just a little bit further. The portion, a portion of the membership is actually dedicated to professional musicians, professional actors, professional artists, etc., so that there is genuine entertainment. Throughout okay, so the they're festival. at least patron, like they're, they're they're being patrons. Yes, yes, they're patrons. Yes, yes, they're patronized. Yes, is that the, the, okay, is, that the is that the correct term? No. I feel like yes. Yes, but, also, but no. Like hmm. We're just gonna move on. We're just gonna move on. We're just gonna keep going. Keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pa patrons involved. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So there, uh, there has been several, obviously, several conspiracy theories that has been. Uh, ruminated about the secret club um, there was actually one individual uh he was a famous conspiracy theorist alex jones in 2000 oh god alex jones yeah just, yeah yeah he's the actual worst human being oh he's terrible yeah he's, he's for sure the actual worst human being um for a couple of people actually listened to my podcast recommendations the last time i did this so they actually uh one of my most favorite podcasts, Behind the Bastards, just did a two-part episode um, where they teamed up with uh, Knowledge Fight. Knowledge Fight is a podcast completely about the batshit craziness that is Alex Jones. Um, but I prefer to uh, listen to the Behind the Bastards versions where they condense it for me because I can't listen to that much Alex Jones. But anyways, go listen to the new two-part that they just did on him. Fucking wild, man. Continue. Yeah, so, uh, of course, he posted this. Um, he took, actually, some camera footage. Uh, and he's like, they're worshiping Satan, they're burning a human body alive. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. Well, a spokesperson for the Grove um, said that while his footage is accurate, his comments and explanations of said footage is wildly inaccurate. He, that just He's the worst. Yeah, no, that kind of sums up Alex Jones just in a nutshell of the footage might be accurate, but all the commentary is just spewing bullshit. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Completely there to rile up humanity. So um, eventually, after 1980, there was a lawsuit where the Supreme, uh, the California Supreme Court ruled that um, the, uh, the Grove needed to change a few stipulations and opened up some jobs uh, only specifically available for women. Um, most of the, oh, can't can't be no men's only now. Mm -hmm. Now most of the women though were hired, had to be between nineteen and twenty one years old. Ew. Ew. I know. I know. I know. Ew. You know that's some predatory bullshit. That's gross. The staffers, uh, the uh, the staffers or and the females were required to call all attendees, the club members, gentlemen. Um, and one of the uh, unspoken rituals is that these wealthy white men were obviously getting stupid-ass drunk everywhere, but but the biggest thing is that they were urinating wherever they felt like it. Literally. Ew, like Versailles. Yeah, like literally some of them were urinating on redwood trees. Like, and I'm like, 
I read this. I'm like, what the fuck? The Redwoods didn't deserve that. No, they, they don't didn't. Deserve your piss. Well, they don't deserve. They deserve to be pissed on by a fox or a bear, not you. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so w- one of the workers, Sophie Weiner, uh, W-E-I-E-L uh, Weiner, uh, sounds terrible, but I, uh, that's her name. Um, she, she's she, she was talking about you know that that, that the dress code like uh, about calling all the attendees gentlemen, which was very difficult after seeing so many of them. You know, urinate in public. They're not gentlemen. They're wild, disgusting brats. Yeah. Uh, the dress code was very strict. Tattoos had to be covered with bandages. Piercings had to be removed. Um, all in preparation for dealing with men used to getting their own way who weren't afraid to berate the staff who were just following the rules. And she. Yeah, that doesn't shock me at all. Yeah, she continues said that that a hole customer yelling at you about something out of your control could be our next president, she, she said, or it could be Jeb Bush. <laughs> Zing! Zing! <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, moving on. Um, there were like uh, lakeside sing-alongs and like discussions and talks and mostly just a lot of drinking and a lot of just really being stupid and a, a really big just weird. St- retreat ish gathering for the wealthy elite men absolutely for weird wealthy elite men twenty five thousand dollars a pop waitlist to 20 to 30 years come on down reserve it today were the performers were any of their performers women before 1980 or was it only male performers because women couldn't enter the camp uh only males Sausage fest, just an absolute sausage fest. Sausages everywhere. Sausages, ev- drunk sausages. Drunk sausages some, everywhere. Some beer brats. Yeah, beer brat brats everywhere. <laughs> some beer brat brats everywhere, and that's the bottom line. And that's the bottom line is that they're just a bunch of fucking drunk frat boys. So, uh, there you go. There's the Bohemian Grove. Thank you. I absolutely that just makes me angry in the worst in the way. worst way. Um, <laughs> but before I, I I completely sign off, Haley, you need to you, you need to see some pictures. Please do. Yes. Here we go. So I'm gonna send you the first picture. Do Do you recognize anybody? Maybe. Oh, hi Nixon. What the fuck? Do you see That's... who's on the left left side? Is that Nixon and Reagan? Yeah, very much so. Oh, good. <laughs> Two terrible presidents. Do you see? And then over on the left-hand side, you see a Bohemian flag, and then you see a flag with a cross on it. I was gonna say that looks like the Swiss flag, but no, Swiss flag is centered. Who is that? Norway? I think that's Norway. Norway. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, that's that. That's a group of some uh, some some. Some men, some men, just talking about things. Here, oh, that's not Norway. Norway has a blue stripe. Oh, big fire! Oh, that looks like something straight out of Skyrim. They're wearing Pope hats. <gasps> that is the care burning. The burning of care. Okay, so it's so it is one single skeleton, one skeleton that everyone's putting their their uh, stresses and cares on, or they each get their own skeleton. Nope, it's one skeleton. 
Okay, that makes so much more sense. Yep. I thought that it was each person who joined <laughs> no. <their> own <laughs> No. And here's your here's your care. Here's your... Don't burn them till you really feel like you've gotten it all off your chest. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. They're wearing pole pads. Yeah, there's actually been oh, uh, one of the articles I was reading it said that some of the like some of the religion is esque like has some ties to the Vatican, but it's not been confirmed. That that's just like a few people's like surmising of like like the few people that have been like from the outside looking in or that have like heard or done some research and stuff. There's like mm, there's some weird freaky ties to the Vatican here, but nothing really proved. Oh, that's the flag of Denmark. Sorry, I was <laughs> like, I know it's one of the Nordic countries. It's Denmark. Um, I feel like the Pope probably wouldn't be in on this one. Yeah. T- yeah. True. This was also a time in America when we were like real weird about, about Catholics. So this is... Um, is that a giant owl? Yeah, so that, that owl is the same owl at, up top here in the, the burning picture. It's an owl. That's their mascot. Oh. That's their mascot. Oh. Oh, I didn't even put two and two together. Oh, okay. So it's a ginormous, like, like Stonehenge height. Mm-hmm. Or not Stonehenge, Easter Island head height. Like, carved stone owl. It looks very menacing. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's, that's where the burning takes place. I want to go here. Like, it looks very pretty. I just don't want to pay $25,000 or a yearly fee or have to wait 33 years for adult Boy Scouts. Oh, that's a lot of people. Oh, that's a big amphitheater, like, situation. They're either all sitting or dining. I think they're dining in, like, an amphitheater formation. And then, oh, is this performers? Yep, this is one. Oh, one guy's absolutely wearing like altar robes. Yep, this is one, this is one of the the low jinx performances. Oh, I want to know if he's wearing the altar robes as part of the performance, or if he's like the priest giving the sermon of like, "All you wealthy people are blessed." That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So there you have it. How did you find this? Genuinely, how did you find this? This is not something that I've ever seen. Oh, um, well, what did I, what did I research? So I was researching, there was a list of like, um, uh, wealthy historical figures and how much they'd be worth today in today's dollars, right? And mm-hmm. so I was going down the list of, um, of course, I saw, I saw uh, Mansa Musa on there. Um, We've covered him. Yep. He's our boy. Yep. Uh, Jacob Fugger. Shout out to Mr. Mm-hmm. Fugger. Uh, Shout out to Fugger. And then I was just looking through, and I got to Rockefeller and Carnegie. And then, because uh, Rock- it was, it was uh, Rockefeller and Carnegie were actually also part uh, of this, this group as well. Well, you said Nelson Rockefeller, so that doesn't shock me. Was the original JD Rockefeller in there? Yeah, yes, yes, and yeah. Got so, it. so JD is. When was this? When was this formed? Eighteen seventy-two. Eighteen seventy-two. So yeah, so just a few years after um, the Civil War ended. I mean, I mean, not even not even a decade after the Civil War. Hmm. 
absolutely wild. Thank you for this, Stephen. Yeah, no problem. It was it was it, yeah. it was a cool find. I mean, obviously, like nothing, like no extravagant wealth except for like you know like the the cost of the plays and stuff they would put on or the you know twenty five thousand that's a hefty entry fee. Um, but just the fact that further confirmation that the the white wealthy elite are fuckholes is just continually proven and it's just it just makes it just it makes me angry at how upside down like you know you think about how how a car can get upside down our fucking world is upside down and it's for sure and yeah so it just reminds me of of just uh, how much money is out there and how little of it people like you and i will ever truly see oh absolutely so it's just just a it's a sobering reminder it is always a sobering reminder Uh, coming from somebody who cannot buy a house (laughs) excuse me now i'm sad do you have a chump change Oh, I do not have a chump change. I completely spaced. I was going to look for one. That's okay. That is okay because uh, I just Googled expensive, stupid things because I also did not have a chump. I love expensive, stupid things. <laughs> so we're just going to go down the list of 10 useless and ridiculously expensive things that make sense only to rich people from scoopwoop.com. <coughs> did you say scoop uh, did you say scoop the poop.com no scoop <laughs> oh, oh well pooperscooper.com i'm really sad uh, that it wasn't scoop the poop so <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm just gonna be silently disappointed over here that's fine that's fine i mean we can buy that domain name quick gilda gang buy that domain name for us <laughs> all right go ahead okay uh uh item number one a diamond tea bag for fourteen thousand dollars <laughs> fuck Fuck that tea manufacturer. It, Fuck them. It was made by a British company called Boodles Jewelers. Fuck them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it almost certainly is not being used for tea. Um, okay, gold toilet paper for $1,376,900. Yikes. Please don't anybody wipe with that shit. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't wipe. Uh, the website called Toilet Paper Man sells those. It's also delivered with a bottle of champagne. How, how much is it for one roll? Uh, I don't know if this is for one roll, but uh, this this listicle that I'm reading off of says one million three hundred seventy six thousand nine hundred dollars. That's so stupid. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Stuart Hughes's gold iPhone, fifteen point three million dollars. It's coated in solid gold and features both black and white diamonds. Mm. 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 Okay, now why is this one located in the middle of the list when it is so clearly less than other? Okay, you can uh, uh, buy a luxury ice cube, $325 for one ice cube. (laughs) (laughs) It is perfectly square and hand carved. Uh, It provides minimum dilution and maximum cooling. Garrett would actually be very interested in this cube (laughs) for his whiskey. Oh yeah, uh, square cubes and whiskey are is is perfect. I don't know what it is about it, but it's perfect. Or but would you spend three hundred twenty five dollars on one single perfect cube? On one cube? One cube. That's got to be a damn good cube. It's got to be the best cube. Yeah, actually, I, only the best. <laughs> I said because I've had okay, I've had square and I've had round, like like a ball of ice. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Both are good. Garrett was actually eyeballing some some round uh, ice, ice some cube. round clear ice makers at Target yeah. when we were there the other day. Yeah. Yeah, he was tempted. He was very tempted. All right. Mm. Um, okay, rather than letting jump change get too long, we will finish this list the next time that we talk. Um, or we won't. We know how good I am at finishing things that I'm like, I'll come back to that later. No, I won't. Um, okay, uh, you can have a gold bicycle for $500,000. Uh, it is a racing bike covered in a layer of 24 karat gold. Love it. Manufactured by Gold Genie Manufacturers. Hmm. Well, all right, oh, then. Oh, wait, I'm so sorry. I found one more that's worth it. <laughs> I love it. Go. Would you like a gold dildo for $15,000? Oh, man. Sign me up. 24 karat gold bladed dildo. Yes, because only... Oh, it's got eight different pleasure settings. Interesting. 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 Eight. All right. Holy cow. Eight. Eight. Damn, son. All right. Damn. Well, that's all I got for jump change. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, would you like to hear my story? I would love to. Tommy me else tell All me. All right. So, it's real funny that you should mention the Rockefellers. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Which... Guess who I'm covering today. Which one? <laughs> J.D. Rockefeller. Oh, <laughs> oh, boy. I don't get too in-depth with him because he's actually not that interesting. It was... This uh, was the most disappointing research I've ever done in my life because I'm like, this man was the richest man in America throughout the Industrial Revolution. <coughs> he has to have done something stupid. No, this man is more boring than white bread. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's... yeah. He's... But I had already invested too much time to give up. <laughs> Atta girl. There was no finding another topic. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, to preface this... I have had a mental floss article bookmarked on my phone for well over two years. The mental floss article is called 11 outlandish ways aristocrats displayed their wealth during the gilded, during the gilded age. I have the same one on my phone. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm thinking like, it's like one of the first things that pops up when we first started this. And it's just like, Oh, I'm interested in that. Like, that's how I found like Mamie Fish. Yep. 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 (laughs) it's a good article like there's it's all fluff information but it gives you just enough to be like i can look more into that that is how i found my man ckg billings who did the horseback dinner yeah 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 throwback to episode two um okay but uh, in any case so i take ideas from that often even though it's only like supposedly got 11 items on it or whatever um but in any case, the very first item that shows up on this listicle is it's one that has haunted me for so long. Uh, it's about the Rockefellers, as I mentioned. And it's about their family estate in, uh, well, they say it's in Westchester, New York. But after doing research, uh, it's actually in Sleepy Hollow, New York. Which I didn't know Sleepy Hollow was actually a real place. You didn't? No! Oh, where have you been? Yes, it's a real place. I'm, I'm just over here. I'm like, yeah, Zikabod and Mr. Crane and oh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, 
did not think it was a real place. It's a real place in New York, apparently. Oh, um, man, how long have you been sleeping on that one? Was that a sleepy hollow pod? Uh, was that an attempt? Uh, I'll give it to you. Um, <laughs> but in any case, uh, so this this fact that's on the, the listicle is about the Rockefeller family estate called uh, Kaikit. And uh, so we all know Rockefeller is one of the most massive names of the Gilded Age. Uh, Rockefeller Plaza is still something that exists. So uh, I will quote from this Mental of Floss article and then explain to you why this is the most frustrating thing. Okay, so quote. In the late 1800s, John D. Rockefeller began buying up land in Westchester, New York. By 1913, he had built Kaikit, an impressive estate boasting over 3,400 acres of land. This oil tycoon spared no expense and filled his home with fine art and over 70 sculptures. But his extravagance didn't stop with gilded trinkets. Upon realizing that smoke from the nearby railroad billowed onto the estate's golf course, the Rockefellers decided to simply move the Putnam Division tracks, the section between Eastview and Briarcliff Manor, New York, five miles from the property. In 1929, the family also purchased the village of Eastview and removed 46 families. To soothe public opinion, they paid each family more than their home was worth. In total, it cost around $700,000 to buy the land and even more money to move the train. But it was all worth it because now guests could tee off without any unsightly smoke. End quote. What the fuck? That's like, this has haunted me for two years. That's like the most assholey thing, like rich assholey thing Oh, you guys like your houses? <laughs> well, uh, you guys have smoke in the distance, and that's gross. <laughs> never mind that I'm a goddamn oil baron. Yeah, never mind. Who strikes deals. Yeah. <laughs> to get my oil used <coughs> for railroads. Yes, please ignore my hypocrisy, please, and get the fuck off my, my land. Hypocrisy. Yeah, this this is the most wild, holy shit, are you kidding me, rich people can just do anything they want. They moved an entire goddamn town and railroad. Like, that's, that was the exact sort of shit that I was looking into on this. Here is my problem. I cannot find any goddamn sources. There are no sources for this. Oh, no. <laughs> I cannot find shit to back this up. Maybe, I mean, hold on, I'm gonna, hold on, I'm gonna, everyone, we're gonna do some, Stephen, if you could do some, some, uh, light jazz, uh, <laughs> googling music, because now I'm gonna go ahead and try to look up Eastview, New York. <laughs> <laughs> New York, 1929, move. <laughs> okay, what happened to e I swear to Jesus, I swear to Jesus, if I had issues finding something for this and just now me looking at this one town I forgot to Google tells me what this is. Oh my God, hold on. Um, no, 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 no. Mm, in 1881, the Putnam Division announced the tracks were to be relocated. Uh-huh. John D. Rockefeller began buying land in the hills in Pon Pocantico, Pocantico Hills in 1893. Uh, the railroad running through his property created noise. 
especially when the train stopped at the station. Uh, this noise on the property and seemingly unsightly view from east of Eastview from the estate was a constant source of irritation to John D. Rockefeller and his son, Nelson Rockefeller. Um, in 1928, John D. Rockefeller Sr. turned over his entire estate and holdings uh, to, uh, oh, I'm sorry, not his son Nelson, but his son John D. Rockefeller Jr. Um, and then it was John D. Rockefeller Jr. who began his negotiations with New York Central for the removal of the railroad. Wow. I couldn't find shit on this for two weeks while I was looking this up and mm -hmm. me just Googling that right there. Okay, mm -hmm. so it was uh, J.D. Rockefeller Jr. was the asshole. Okay, so the junior. The junior was the... Well, the junior was the dick, but still, that's absolutely buck wild. But yeah, no, I couldn't find any sources for two weeks where, like, I was looking at the Putnam County records and, like, I found something from, like, 1950 that I was reading. <laughs> and I just couldn't find mention of Rockefeller and this is quick Google. God dang it. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Um, so that story is very much so in line with what the Rockefellers were capable of. Uh, and I think it gives us a really good jumping off point into the Rockefellers as a ridiculously wealthy family. So just some background. Uh, John Davison Rockefeller was born to a con man in 1839 in upstate New York. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, his family would eventually move to Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Ohio, life of crimes. Um, hmm. At the age of 16, he was hired as a bookkeeper. He felt that uh, his getting his first ever job was such a momentous occasion that he celebrated the anniversary of the day that he was hired for the rest of his life. Uh, he thought that it was more important than his birthday. I'm pretty sure that he called that day job day. <laughs> but he had everyone else, like, join in his celebrations of job day. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, in 1870, the beginning of the American Industrial Revolution, he founded Standard Oil and then became the wealthiest man in America. <laughs> so uh, he is not currently the wealthiest man in America. Uh, that goes to Elon Musk. Uh, for comparison, Rockefeller was worth about $1.4 billion when he died in uh, 1937, which was about $24 billion adjusted to 2018 money. Uh, Elon Musk is currently worth Two hundred twenty billion dollars, and I hate him. Yeah, it's just okay. Just uh, oh, uh. garbage human being, a garbage human being who I don't like and has too much goddamn money. Um, he didn't do shit for that money either. He was born to an emerald mine <laughs> owner in apartheid, fucking South Africa. Carried emeralds in his pockets when he visited New York, and then he sold them at a pawn shop. <laughs> Stupid man. Anyways, this isn't about Elon Musk, and nor do I is think it? I will ever cover. E no, is I will. I will not cover Elon Musk on this podcast. He's too garbagey and does not bring me with joy. Okay, I want to hear about stupid things people have done that is removed from the hellscape that is today, twenty twenty two. Fair, fair, fair. That's why I like Gilded Age people. It's about a hundred years ago, and I can deal with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
A lot of articles and biographies that you will read about J.D. Rockefeller is that he was some incredible philanthropist who cared deeply about America's betterment and was a business savvy genius, blah, blah, praises, blah, blah. We do not worship billionaires in this house. Um, he, he did donate a shitload of money. Like, I will put that out there front. He put lots of money out into the universe for good philanthropic projects. He was richer in God. All of that money was a drop in a bucket to him. It did not matter to him. He was going to make more. Yeah. Like, he did not donate nearly enough for it to be anywhere near worth it. There's no. Um, he was business savvy because he used scare tactics against his competition and bought people up so he could have a monopoly and he manipulated the market so he would come on top. If we call that business savvy, then yeah, he was super savvy. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Well. Just go ahead and manipulate the market and then and then make sure you don't have any competition or buy the competition so that way you there's nothing there. As um, and then strikers and unionizers did, in fact, die fighting against his policies. Like, he had, you can look it up, but essentially he sent, like, union busters and people fucking died. Um, and then when monopolies became illegal, uh, he did actually become richer after Standard Oil was uh, broken up because of all of the shares that he had in all of the baby companies that kind of spawned off of it. Mm. So, anyways, he's garbage. Um, so, uh, moving on, J.D. Rockefeller, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, he's not interesting. He's not interesting. And I'm so upset by this. <laughs> the man is richer than God. And if you look up anything having to do with, like, Rockefeller interesting stories or Rockefeller, like, outrageous things that happened, outrageous, like, Rockefeller parties. Like, I googled so many keywords with the name Rockefeller and they were like... You want to know his dark secrets? And I was like, yeah, I want to know his dark secrets. All right, let's read off some some headlines from a listicle called Dark Secrets You Never Knew About the Rockefellers. Ooh, let's go. It's not what you think it is. <laughs> One, John D. Rockefeller had alopecia. Oh, no. <laughs> if you don't know, alopecia is a disease that makes you lose all your body hair. Yep. Mm -hmm. So eyelashes, eyebrows, arm hair, head hair, all of it gone. Um, so in and of itself, this is not a deep, dark secret. That's not, why is this on this list? Uh, also, like, it's mildly interesting at best. Like, we don't make fun of diseases yeah. here. That's bad. And also, like, it's, also he was an old man, so he could just be seen as, you know, going bald. And that's also fine and normal. Um but here's the one thing that I did find interesting that this feels like something only a wealthy person could possibly do. Uh, he bought a series of wigs uh, of varying hair length and he would switch them every couple of days. <laughs> so it would look like his hair was growing and then he was getting haircuts. That's amazing. <laughs> That's actually really cool. Isn't that a fun idea? Like, that one, I'm like, I'll hand it to you. Like, that's literally something that only a rich person would think of, but I'm into it. Absolutely. That's amazing. 
He's like, nobody needs to know that I have alopecia as he has no eyebrows or eyelashes on his face, but that's fine. My dad doesn't have eyebrows. Mm. Okay. Um, next thing on dark secrets you never knew about the Rockefellers. <laughs> I hate this. They're not dark. Okay. Uh, J.D. Rockefeller gave a dime to every single person he met. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's estimated that he gave away about $35,000 worth of dimes over the course of his lifetime. It was something his PR manager told him to do. So it did not matter who you were, you were getting a dime. If you were a fellow billionaire, you were getting a dime. If you were a small child on the street, you were getting a dime. So that means he met about 350,000 people in his lifetime. That's so many. That's so many. That's too many people. I don't want to meet that many people. That's, that sounds exhausting. That's a lot of hand lot. of handshaking. That's a lot of handshaking. Sounds gross. Yeah, yeah. I'm very particular about people who touches my hand. Mm -hmm. All right, especially in these these times. Oh, well, you know it. Mm. Okay. Excuse me. Number three, J.D. Rockefeller outlived his life insurance. Is that possible? It is for J.D. Rockefeller. When he turned, I think it was 96 years old. Uh, it was definitely in his 90s, but I wrote 96, and now I'm now I'm questioning myself. Um, when he turned an age in his 90s, uh, his life insurance company had to pull out the uh, pay out the full extent of his policy, which was five million dollars. <laughs> so, so he was paid five million dollars for living. Congratulations, you're alive. Congratulations, you outlived them all, you old fuck. <laughs> uh, I'd like to get paid just $1 million for being alive. I feel Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I'd be very down for that. Yeah. I'm living, I'm breathing, but we aren't 96 years old. Hmm. We haven't done anything extraordinary with, the, with our age. What do you call this, Haley? This is extraordinary. I don't know what you just did. <laughs> I did this. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. Incredible. One million dollars for you. <laughs> okay. All right. The last, the last dark secret that I have is genuinely interesting and a dark secret, and it is not about J.D. Rockefeller. No, fine. <laughs> it is about a Rockefeller, though. Oh, yeah. It is about J.D. Rockefeller's uh, grandson, Michael C. Rockefeller. Michael C. Rockefeller was most likely eaten by cannibals. No, oh, shit. Sh <laughs> what? <laughs> Absolutely wild. Okay, Michael C. Rockefeller was uh, J.D. Rockefeller's grandson and the son of uh, Nelson Rockefeller, who uh, we just mentioned is a part of your fun, what is it, like the Goliath Club, or oh, no. what's it called? The, uh, the uh, oh, uh, the, gro uh, the Grove, the... Uh... Yeah, the Grove. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We just spent a half hour talking about this. <laughs> the Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove. <laughs> okay, anyway, so Nelson Rockefeller, who, um, Nelson Rockefeller was son of J.D. Rockefeller, and he was also the vice president of, of the United States under Gerald Ford, uh, and apparently part of the Bohemian Grove, a frat party for old, white, rich men. Um, anyways, uh, Michael C. Rockefeller, uh, in 1961, 
was boating off of the coast of Papua New Guinea. And his boat capsized. And so um, he and his crew kind of like split up. Two of, two of them went directly towards uh, shore. And they were like, stay here with the wreckage. We'll bring back people. Well, like a day goes by. No people have come. And so he and his other friend decide to swim to shore. And if you know anything about Papua New Guinea, is that cannibals live there. And so, uh, yeah, no, that was the last time that he was ever seen or heard from. And several people, like, ended up going to the island who had a relationship with the natives. And they were like, hey, did you see a guy here? And, like, they had described someone who vaguely fit the fit the bill for, um, I'm gonna edit that out. Missy, you do not need to do that. Yeah, lay down. Okay. I'm just gonna... Okay. That's for... That's for later. Okay, but anyway, so, uh, they went to... They went to the island and asked the natives. They were like, hey, have you seen anyone with description? And, uh, they, they were like, uh, there was a guy wearing shorts. And they thought that that was good enough to be like, oh god, Michael C. Rock. Oh no, oh god. He was, <laughs> so those were his shorts too. Those were his shorts. Just <laughs> kind of all we know about that. And uh, the wild thing is that while I was writing this, I literally was reading the 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 list about the dark secrets you never knew about the Rockefellers, and I got to that, and I was like, that's insane. And just as I was doing that, I was watching YouTube, and I was like, oh, one of my favorite history channels on YouTube just came out with a new video. Let's see what it is. Oh, it's Weird History did an entire episode about the fact that Michael C. Rockefeller was eaten by cannibals, and it was the same day that I was writing this, and I was like, I swear to God, I don't actually plagiarize from YouTube. That's at least to try not to. That's that's crazy though. The same day. Yeah, so incredible timing. Yeah, for sure. Weird timing. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I have on the Rockefellers. JD Rockefeller was so fucking boring. He didn't drink. He didn't party. He didn't spend he did not spend his money. He did not spend his money. Um but, oh, I suppose I should go ahead and show you some some images. I do want to show you Kaikit, the uh, house that was um, that was done uh, that for the sake of you know moving moving building or moving building no moving moving town. Uh, all right. Ooh, there you go. It's pretty. It's very pretty. It's absolutely gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I do like the, the nicely trimmed bush lines uh, on each of the, the windows. Mm-hmm. They've actually got really, um, like, it's really great landscape architecture, truly. Um, the gardens are absolutely lovely, and that's where he stores, like, you know, most of his statues and whatnot. His 70 statues that he bought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would absolutely, you can go and visit these. It's one of, it's one of, like, it's a museum now. You can go there, you can visit perhaps get married. I will not be married there, but still. Um, no, I think it's very pretty. It is. It's one of the more tasteful estates that I've seen of a, of a millionaire. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. 
And here, let me go ahead and send you a picture of our man while uh, before he got his alopecia, because he has a glorious mustache. Oh, yes. Yes, he does. Absolutely lovely mustache. And then let's do one when he's in his 90s and looks like a corpse. He looks like the way that Prince Philip did when Prince Philip was about ready to go. Just a nice, decrepit old man. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Looks like looks like Grandpa that you would kind of go up and you're like, Grandpa smells funny. And then he kisses you on the cheek and he ain't got no teeth. And yeah. Very much so. <laughs> so that's all that I have for you. All right. But, yeah. Anything to say to the Gilded Gang? Oh, Gilded Gang. I hope you've enjoyed like our... <laughs> Our crazy, like, up and down, all over the place podcast tonight. Um, started with some weird shit, and it was some normal shit. <laughs> I don't know. Started off strong and slowly dipped down. Yeah. <laughs> don't be disappointed in us. You know you love us. Hey, guys, I literally did my best. You heard my disappointment live as we were recording this. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I tried so hard to find information on that well, one thing's always bitter. One thing's always true, really. No matter what you bring to the table, you always rock this feller. So long. <laughs> <laughs>